You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. If you're under the sound of my voice today, I want you to know that if you've never been saved by the grace of God, that God is after you, that God is pursuing you. You want to know to what extent he loves you? Well, let me just remind you that he paid everything possible, both humanly and spiritually. He shed literally God's lifeblood, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the ultimate payment for sin so that he could have a relationship relationship with you. Do you have full faith in the love of God? In today's message, Pastor Gary says that if you do not love God, He is after you. He wants a relationship with you. God gave His Son so that He can have a relationship with you. He wants you to trust Him so that He can shape you in His image. If you do not have faith in God, today is the day. Trust Him, and you will find peace and comfort in His arms. All you have to do is confess that you are a sinner in need of a Savior and believe. Trust in Him today. He is waiting. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Song of Solomon, chapter 5, as he begins his message, Catch Me If You Can. Song of Solomon, chapter 5. I am excited to share this with you today because the Lord has been stirring my soul for over, well, at least a week. You know, sometimes the Lord don't give me that much heads up on what I've got to share with you, believe it or not. I know some pastors, Brother Sean, that will prepare sermons a year in advance. That's, that's just not me. God bless them. Amen. I'm glad they're able to do that, but the Lord don't always give me that much heads up. But this morning, I believe God's got a word for us, and I want you to give us your undivided attention. And we'll be careful to mind the voice of the Lord and preach until God's done, and uh, God will have His will and way. And we'll begin reading verse 1, and we'll read through verse number 6. I am come into my garden, my sister, my spouse. I have gathered my myrrh, with my spice. I have drunk my wine with my milk. Eat, O friends, drink, yea, drink abundantly, O beloved. And then the one to whom he speaks begins speaking in verse 2. I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled, for my head is filled with dew and my locks with the drops of the night. I have put off my coat. How shall I put it on, she says. I have washed my feet. How shall I defile them? Verse 4, My beloved put in his hand by the hole of the door, and my bowels are Uh, that could be interpreted my heart uh, was moved for him verse 5 i rose up to open to my beloved and my hands dropped with myrrh my fingers with sweet smelling myrrh upon the handles of the lock but watch verse 6 i opened to my beloved but my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone today my assignment is to preach a message to you that i would like to call Catch me if you can. Father, for the next little while, unless you touch me, 
I'll make a flop of this. Lord, I only seek to feed the flock of God as I feel the Holy Spirit has led and instructed me to do so. So I ask for your guidance, your aid, and your help in this hour that you'd anoint these lips of clay that I could only speak that which the Holy Spirit says to the church and we'll be careful to thank you for what you have said to us and what you're accomplishing is through the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name, God's children say amen. amen. We uh, often get many different interpretations of uh, different portions of Scripture that we find within the Song of Solomon because it is obviously and apparently record of a, a, a love uh, relationship between a husband and a wife, but often people look at it from different perspectives. But I, I, I feel like I, I would uh, do it injustice if I didn't make a comparison of this passage with that of Christ the bride, uh, I mean Christ the bridegroom and his bride called the church. And what I see today in this passage, I want to look at it as a metaphor. For example, verse number one, it said, I am come into my garden, my sister, my spouse, I have gathered my myrrh with my spice. I have eaten my honeycomb with my honey. I have drunk my wine with my milk. Eat, O oh friends. Uh, I, when, when I, it puzzled me at first uh, because he, uh, he's inviting more than one person to this bank. Well, look where it says, O oh friends, with an S on the end of it. Obviously, there's more to it than just the immediate uh, historical context of that between one man and one woman. This is a picture, I believe, in a type of Christ inviting his church to engage with him in worship and serve him in pureness of heart, where he said, oh, friends, and I would like to remind you also that today there is still an open invitation for whosoever will, that anybody that calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved by the grace of God and begin to eat and dine with him. He said, if any man come unto me, uh, he said, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. I'm glad to announce to you today that because uh, I accepted the invitation to receive Christ as my Savior on September the 9th of 1990 as an 11-year-old boy, I became a part and a member of the Bride of Christ. And I can tell you today, He is that living water that quenches my thirsty soul. He is that bread of life that never leaves me hungry again. I, I found one whom my soul loves this morning. And I'm here to tell you that there is a staggering invitation. Number one, uh, the bridegroom offers a staggering invitation. This is whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. If you are under the sound of my voice today, I want you to know that if you've never been saved by the grace of God, that God is after you, that God is pursuing you. You want to know to what extent he loves you? Well, let me just remind you that he paid everything possible, both humanly and spiritually. He shed literally God's lifeblood, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the ultimate payment for sin so that he could have a relationship with you. 
Don't ever let the devil lie to you and tell you that God don't love you. Because after all, if God loved you, uh, why would trouble hit? Why would God allow good things or bad things to happen to good people? That's what they say, isn't it? Uh, but let me remind you, it is the devil that comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But it is Jesus that come to bring you life and that more abundantly. And so I see here a staggering invitation. It's, uh, it's staggering, uh, first of all, because uh, it indicates that God feasted himself. Look at it again, verse 1. He said, I'm coming to my garden, my sister, my spouse. I have gathered my myrrh with my spice. I have eaten my honeycomb with my honey. I have drunk my wine with my milk. This is a very odd thing to think of God as one who has satisfied his appetite. I didn't even know that God got hungry. In fact, I remember when the Bible, in the Bible, the Holy Spirit, through, I believe, the authorship of King David said this, if I were hungry, I would not tell thee. And I think that's uh, Psalm chapter 50 and verse number 12. But what does that tell us? And when we compare that to the verse we just read, I, I want you to consider this thought with me for just a moment. Uh, even though he said he would not let us know if he was hungry, uh, he does tell us uh, when he is satisfied. And I want you to think about this for a minute. In the book of Isaiah chapter 53 uh, and verse number 11, the Bible said he shall see the travail of of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Uh, think uh, with me on that thought for just a moment that God had a hunger and God had a thirst for righteousness to be fulfilled. And so the only thing that satisfied God's hunger for fulfillment of righteousness is when his own son presented himself as a perfect sacrifice. And when the Bible says the father looked at the, the travail of the soul of his son, he was satisfied. You know why he was satisfied? Because now he could restore that relationship that was broken because of sin with his loving creation. And it proves to you and I, if there's one thing God's hungry for, if there's one thing God is after, that's to have a relationship with you. And that's to have a relationship with me. And you need to learn this. Uh, he's inviting you to come and partake of that uh, which satisfied the very appetite of God Almighty. What could possibly satisfy the appetite of God other than the Lord Jesus Christ? Uh, if you want to have that which satisfies even God, uh, partake of the bread of life who is called Jesus. If you want to have uh, what satisfies the very appetite of God Almighty, uh, amen, drink uh, of the water of life that Jesus Christ gives freely to all who come. I'm talking Talking about the bridegroom's staggering invitation. I never thought in a million years that God would let me feast of his dainties, that God would let me partake of his table. But did not the psalmist David say that thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies? And some people are running from God because they're afraid of God. Amen. Or maybe they got a bad taste with religious people that don't know the God they claim that they do know. Amen. But let me tell you something. If you ever get 
hooked up with Jesus. If you ever get a relationship with God Almighty, I'm not talking about joining the church. I'm not talking about being baptized. I'm not talking about teaching a Sunday school class or not doing a whole bunch of religious works and exercises. But if you'll repent of your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ, you'll enter into a relationship that will satisfy the deep longings of your soul that nothing that this world could ever offer you will ever satisfy you. In fact, some of you today are living with some of the consequences of your life before Jesus. Your body is wrecked. Your mind is burnt. This old world has chewed you up and spit you out and you didn't think you had anything left and you certainly didn't think God would take you. But he scooped you up with his grace and his mercy. He set you on a solid rock. He established your goings and he cleans you up and he made you one of his. And I'm glad for the day that I discovered that he wanted even me. Aren't you glad for that church? Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. 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 It's a staggering invitation. But what puzzled me also is that when she opened that door in verse 6, he wasn't there. (laughs) We're going to go somewhere with this. And if you're with me, say, I'm with you, preacher. All right. All right. We see the staggering invitation. Number two, I want you to look at verses two through six with me. Once I got saved, I became the member of the bride of Christ, also known as the church of the living God. Amen. By the way, the church is not this building that we're sitting in. The church is the blood-bought, born-again family, member of the family of, of God. We use the word church to define what it looks like to gather together in His name. But it is the gathering together, and it don't have to be in a religiously dedicated building. We could get, meet out in a cow pasture and meet with God. Amen? But it's the gathering together of the people of God. That's the church. And what I have learned is that sometimes when you begin your walk with God, God will begin to speak to you about leaving your place of comfort for a place of intimacy with Him. And so now I want to talk to the church. I've talked to those who need Jesus. I want to talk to those who have Jesus. But look at it, verse 2. He's, even though he was calling her, she said, I sleep, but my heart waketh. So her, her sleep is beginning to be troubled. Uh, it's, uh, have you ever been in one of those states of consciousness where you felt like maybe you was half awake, maybe you was half asleep, but something was bothering you? And I, I, I just kind of have a picture of this in my mind where she's there sleeping, trying to sleep, but she's got this nagging voice. Uh, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to the Lord, but it's nagging to her because uh, it's troubling her sleep and she ends up having to get up from her sleep and she's done made herself comfortable and now he's calling her to a place beyond amen and what i see here in verses two and three uh, uh i see number two the bride's stages of response and i want to ask you today where do you and how do you respond to god's voice in your life I see here a type and a picture of the different stages that we might go through as God begins to call us into a more intimate relationship with Him. Verses 2 and 3, look at it. We see complacency and comfort are preferred because she said, uh, it is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, open to me my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled, for my head is filled with dew, my locks with the drops of the night I have put. And then this is her response. I have put off my coat. 
How shall I put it on? I have washed my feet. How shall I defile them? So she's uh, responding with, uh, look, I done got ready for bed. I've done been tucked in. I've done made myself comfortable. Why would I want to get up uh, after? Why don't you come in where I'm at? But I need you to know something. Uh, sometimes the Lord comes to you and stirs you up, not to, to leave you where you are, but to bring you to where he wants to take you. Amen. This is true for the individual. This is also true for the church. Many times God wants to do more. Many times God wants to do different. But churches clamp it down and say we've done made our bed. We've done slept in it. We've done made our comfortable uh, situation. Uh, and we prefer comfort and complacency over a real move of God that requires us to move to a place that's different than what we have ever known. And we see verses 4 and 5, not only do we see the stage of complacency and comfort, but watch it progress. Verse 4, my beloved put his hand by the hole of the door and my bowels or my heart was moved for him. So she went from hearing him, but now she's seeing his hand at work. And so he's teasing her. He's, uh, he's not letting it go. And sometimes when God wants to uh, use a church mightily, uh, he'll begin to disturb the soil like we preached about last Sunday. And he'll begin to upset things that we knew sure were right the whole time. But we have uh, since discovered that God is much bigger than any box that we can put him in. Somebody say amen right there. And all of a sudden, uh, God don't just speak to you, but you start seeing evidence of his working in your midst and it puzzles you because you were always taught to believe that God always worked this way, but I've never seen God work that way, and it don't make sense to me. My theological mind cannot comprehend or wrap around the fact that God can be so different than I ever was led to believe or taught to believe or experienced, uh, but God is so much more than any of us could ever tap into, and you need to learn. It don't matter how much you know your Bible. It don't, know how, but what, don't matter what kind of Bible college you went to. Uh, there's more to know of him. Amen. Uh, Joe said there was so much of them that at the end of his conversation he said these are just parts of his ways if you look up that word parts it means just a fringe of his garment he said we ain't even barely touched a thread on the hem of his garment and God wants to do so much more and so many times we settle for bed and nighttime when God's stirring us up and say come with me let me show you what I've got prepared for you Jesus said I go to prepare a place for you and if I go to prepare a place for I'll come again and receive you unto myself uh, that where I am there you may be also and I know we always uh, historically have interpreted that as talking about heaven and that's fine if you want to but let me tell you something it's better than heaven it is that secret place that you learn to live with God Almighty after the person of the Holy Spirit lives in your heart uh, moves in uh, all of a sudden you have direct access to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords uh, all of a sudden when you were banished from his presence now he says let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace uh, that we may obtain help and mercy in time of need. Aren't you glad uh, to know that he's always calling us closer this morning? Amen. And so we see conviction and change as they see his evident hand at work even though it puzzles her. I, I thought I was dreaming but I can't let it go, maybe she said. And some of you, I'm a little different probably than most of you are used to. But you can't deny what you see God doing. You can't deny that God's working. When God begins to show you himself, it's hard to deny. God self-identifies. People who, I've heard of atheists their whole life, 
bump into the presence of God and immediately become converted and saved. Just at the self-revealing presence of God. And God is going to stir you up. He's going to show you. He's going to confirm His will, His way, His word. He's going to manifest Himself to you. And you will go, but you'll have to. You'll have to go beyond complacency and comfort into a place where you begin to respond to the conviction and change that is needed. Because here she realized that, listen, if I'm going to follow hard after Him, I can't stay where I'm at. I'm going to have to get up out of my bed of complacency and comfort. And I'm going to have to go to the door where I hear His voice knock. And boy, I'm glad it said it was his voice knocking and not his hand. Because ain't that just like the still small voice of the Holy Spirit of God saying, Amen, to that Holy Ghost filled preaching? And that's right. And some of you, a spirit's about to leap up inside of you. Some of you feel like shouting this morning. That's the good Holy Ghost of God saying, Listen to my voice. Uh, follow the shepherd. Uh, you're hearing it right. Follow me, uh, and you'll never thirst again. Follow me, uh, and you'll never hunger again. Follow me, and I will lead you into green pasture and still water. Follow me, uh, and I will prepare a table be- uh, before you in the presence of your enemy amen the bride stage of response she goes from complacency and comfort to conviction and change and then verse six watch i opened to my beloved and i want to say at this right here at this point in the sermon the chase is now on she said oh i gotta find him now and she goes up and she opens the door because she just heard his voice she brother sean she just saw his hand through the hole of the door, she knew he was right there without any doubt and began to chase him. But then something happens. I want to call this number three, the bewildering setback of pursuit. He withdrew himself. He hid himself. And he went silent. God, I thought I heard your voice. I followed you here. Don't look like anything's happening now. You ever been there? I did exactly what the voice told me to do. And when I get here, things fall apart. God plays hide and seek. God begins to veil Himself. What God is looking for is a hungry people. God wants a people that hunger and thirst for righteousness. God wants a people whose hunger and thirst are so mighty that nothing will deter them from their chase for Him. Not silence. Not withdrawal. Not hiding. Lord, I know I heard Your voice. I know You're here somewhere. I'm not going to give up until I find You. Amen. And here she is, bewildered at this setback. She thought uh, if she went, things would just be perfect. But God had to bring her on further still. Sometimes that's, that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does. He'll lead you here. I was given some great advice from my youth pastor when I was just a teenager. You young people, listen to me on this. This, is, this will help you throughout life. You go as far as you can see, and then you'll see to go farther. So she went as far as she could see in here. But she knowed one thing, she couldn't go back and find him. My wife and I have been praying recently through 
trials and storms of our personal life. <laughs> Do with us whatsoever you will, Lord. And here's what we have come to the conclusion of. We have nowhere else to go. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But the devil is not going to rob me of my faith and my knowledge and my confidence that I heard from God and I did what God said do. And just because you're obedient to God don't mean he's going to roll out the red carpet for you. Just because you follow the voice of God don't mean everything's just going to be okay, a-okay and hunky-dory. Sometimes the will of God will lead you right into the midst of adversity. Amen. Sometimes the will of God looks different than you ever expected. And we need some Christians who are weathered and who have weathered the storm that will praise and win they're up and praise them when they're down uh, that will show up when they're talked about and show up when they're celebrated amen uh, that won't quit at the first sign of trouble but God give us some Christians uh, that are bound and determined to find God in their lives today's teaching is coming to an end but you don't have to stop studying God's word Here at True North, we encourage all of our listeners to dive into Scripture regularly on your own. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to guide your reading and reveal God's truth to you. Thanks for joining Pastor Gary Cottle today for True North. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new edition. If you'd like to learn more about True North or Pastor Gary, visit GaryCottle.com. Would you like to plan a visit to worship and study the Bible with Pastor Gary? You can find all the information you need about where he pastors and how you can visit at GaryCoddle.com. If you're not in the area, we do encourage you to find and begin attending a Bible-teaching church near you. Find a family of faith that you can invest in and who will encourage you in your own walk with the Lord. If you have any questions or would like to find out how you can support Gary Cottle Ministries and True North, please reach out to Pastor Gary. He can be reached at contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on True North.